This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. I'm going to have to change that introduction because people aren't in their bubbles anymore. They're not even in a traffic light. I know. We've moved on, but I'm glad that our show's still going. Well, I think that people are still – we're still investigating and exploring what's going on at the moment. I think it's worth carrying on. Agreed. And um, and there's some talk of a another kind of big wave of COVID around November. So, no. Yes. And I still know people who are catching it. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers. The numbers haven't gone away. No. No. So, who are we introducing today? It's my great pleasure to introduce Elliot Weir. Elliot is a master's of an ecology student from Otago University. He's a features editor for the Otago University magazine and he is standing for the Otago Regional Council, which I applaud you for, Elliot. Thank you for joining us today. Kira, thank you for having me. Kira, Elliot. So, Elliot, we started at the start of lockdown asking people how their bubble life was and then it turned into how their traffic light life was. And we haven't come up with what to ask people now. It's neither of those. So how was your bubble life? How was it? Um, it was I, – I had a reasonably good time. Um, I spent it with, with one of my, my flatmates at the time. Um, we just made a lot of meals, tried some new um, crafty things and, and, and tried some experimental um, meals, uh, learned how to – cook some new things mainly um we were still doing uni uh and just got to know each other a bit better but it was good and you've carried on studying through the through the traffic lights how's that been i have yeah um it's been uh pretty good i'm not too um bad at lo- logging on to to online learning stuff but it seems to be all in person now um I did have COVID earlier in the year, which set me back quite a bit, um, and that was a bit of a struggle to to get back. And there's still um, issues there. I don't think my don't think my breathing's ever come quite back. Um, Join uh, the club. Always good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, a master student in ecology. What sort of ecology? So, I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in systems ecology. So, how plants and animals and the rest of the environment interacts with each other. My um, 
master's research. My thesis is going to be on looking at cordial geckos, um, which is one of our native species out in Otago, um, and whether or not, or, or their role in the reproductive systems of some of our native plants. So whether they're pollinating them, um, whether they're seed dispersing them, and how important those those interactions are in that in those uh, ecosystems, mostly out in Middle March. Yeah. Cool. Did you come through uh, through through zoology or through botany or both? Yeah. Well, I did the. Um, ecology program so i did my my bachelor's in ecology at the uni but um which is tends to be a bit of a mix of you've got some ecology stuff you've got some zoology stuff you get some botany stuff in there as well um and a few other assorted things as well but yeah it's definitely a, a, a decent mix of both having a good time i'm i'm loving it i i'm i'm so interested in all these things and it's it's cool to finally um get out of the undergrad and, and into the things that I can really focus on some specific things that I'm passionate about and do this this research in the field next, um, yeah, when it gets to that. So it's work in the field, not in the glass house? Um, yeah, I'll be out in um, – so I haven't started yet and I won't be starting for, for a while, um, but when I do, it'll be out in, in the field um, and – Details are not finalised, but I'm probably going to be doing some some experiments, um, exclusion experiments, looking at uh, putting basically putting some cages on some trees and seeing what happens um, when we leave those ones uh, that ex- exclude geckos, and that should be able to help show us how important the geckos are to those trees. And where is that on the top of the rock and pillars? Um, at the base of, of rock and pullers, um, out in the yeah sort of rocky scrubland, that lowland um, scrub, yeah, which makes it an easier walk up to the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you are standing for the regional council. What brought that on? Um, I mean, I'd already, I'd always been reasonably politically active um, and and tried to stay on top of everything that's going on and all the um, central and local government. Uh, But I had been noticing a few things going on with the Otago Regional Council um, that as a uh, positive focused show, I probably won't delve into too much (laughs) because they're not that positive. Um, But I wrote a piece about it for for Critic Jarahi, um, and this was before I'd even considered standing, but I, I, I wrote the piece and got a lot of good responses from people um, who some of them knew what was going on, but they were just happy to have this this um, piece done on it and spreading words. Some had no idea and they were just like baffled of, at, at, at what was going on um, with some of the decisions being made. And a few people, including some some former and current councillors, suggested I should run and um, suggested the idea. And I I was just getting frustrated by the fact that yeah, now now more people knew and I'd, I'd done this writing, but it doesn't really change things. And I wanted to actually go in and make some positive change. So I thought, well, yeah, yeah, why not? I'll I'll run. And how's it going? I think it's going good. Um, I've gotten yeah a lot of positive responses, um, a lot of engagement on um, social media and, and and the 
various pages I've been I've been doing things and then we've been um, we had a quiz night the other week that was fully sold out and everyone had a really good time we had a lot of local businesses donating prizes and stuff to that um, and I've got a lot of people who have been willing to help out in uh, small and big ways um, and that's been really really awesome just to hear people helping and also with students that don't necessarily vote in local elections a number of them have come up and been like oh i made sure i enrolled just so i could vote for you and that's that's really cool because even if i don't get in at least i've gotten some more students to to vote in general which is cool let's take the first of your music choices we've got a new one today let's have the baths expert in a dying field now i have a botany and geography degree and i'd like to think it's not a dying field so i hope it's not (laughs) reference to that no so why this one just a really good song i um so this album came out two days ago um this song's been out for a while but i uh i'm a a fan of of the best a great kiwi band um and i've been listening to this one on repeat just because i don't know i just i just love the way it sounds um i love the (laughs) the way it makes my brain feel um and i'm gonna go see them live on October 1st here in Dunedin, so I'm just really fizzing for that. Can we erase our history? Is it as easy as this? Plausible deniability I swear I've never heard of it And I can close the door on us But the room still exists And I know you're in it Hours of phrases I've memorized Thousands of lines on the page All of my notes in a desolate pile I haven't touched in an age And I can
way to actually get young people to believe in something that they can relate to and with my interests in mind as well. food on the table even um so they can't really think about local government when they've got these 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 much more dire concerns that obviously local government has has a role and central government has a role in in, in playing but it's hard to hard to even think about that and let alone running for for local government when you've got these concerns and i'm lucky enough to um have had a job at, at, at critic and a, a another part-time job for the past um year or so so i'm i'm um not currently struggling but um i have been in the past and i would not have been able to to run them and i've also been lucky enough to have a lot of people uh support me along along this way and i think that people don't necessarily realize how much support they they might get um if they do run and because because you don't know i had no idea um so it's really it's really scary and if you're doing i mean i'm doing a lot of things at the moment um and it is a lot of a lot of effort but i think that getting young people to to know that yeah that, that there will be avenues of, of support there will be people who who are going to be passionate about um getting you elected and and, and getting other young people elected like you um that they'll be willing to help out and do all these things that take a lot of time letterboxing and um all these things so i think that letting young people know that there will be support for them um obviously that can't be an empty promise there has to actually be support as well um but letting them know that that we'll be here to support you um if you do want to run and then also just emphasizing how um, important local government is for for the things that young people care about and how directly it will impact those things. Um, and people realize that local government has a say in those things, but just think, oh, it's never going to change. But but then you know, things things can change and they can change for the better as well. At the candidate events that you've been to so far. Um, have there been any questions that have surprised you or any kind of is there any are there any themes that have surprised you um i've i i wouldn't say any that have necessarily surprised me um most of the questions tend to be pretty um 
related to whatever the the event is obviously if it's a rate payers event questions are going to be are you rising the rates if it's a um uh, a bus passengers event so those are two that we have had um the questions are going to be about bus routes and whatnot um so that's not really surprising um but i think some things that that were surprising was at events um like at the bus event there were some some issues that every single candidate actually agreed on um they were pretty specific ones but but yeah there was there was um questions that that every single candidate got to raise their hand yes or no and, and every single candidate raised yes or or, or no and I, I can't remember what specifically um they were but i just don't remember that happening um but also that happening and thinking well why hasn't that changed yet then yeah. um because and I, I guess it's either a matter of um people being yes, saying yes that they're willing to do that but maybe it's just not a top priority for them um or or being less than honest or maybe it will happen in this in in the very near future and that's that's a really positive sign that that change is coming i don't know one would hope that given that your uh, regional council candidates that climate change would be a really big part of the conversation. Has that mm -hmm. been your experience so far? Is that, have we got positive conversations going on around climate change issues? Um, broadly, no, unfortunately. Um, the only questions I've really seen have been about uh, flooding in South Dunedin, which is obviously a very, um, very topical issue. Um, and very related to climate change. Um, and there's been, I mean, the thing with climate change is that it's it's related to, to sort of every issue that, that the regional council does touch on. So even even though there haven't been, I haven't seen many questions about um, climate change resilience or, or doing these things specifically, um, there have been questions about air quality. And obviously that's um, related to, to the CO2 levels um, and, and the uh, burning of, of coal and all, all these um, small towns around Otago and whatnot. Um, there's been questions, lots and lots of questions about public transport and public transport is one of the key ways that we can reduce our, our transportation emissions. So a lot of the broad topics um, are, are, are really related to climate change, even if there haven't been any um, explicit climate change discussions. Um, the whole thing is, is kind of a climate change discussion um, just by different names. Hmm. I've got a funny question for you, um, which, yeah. which hopefully you'll, you'll understand straight away. Maybe you won't, I'll explain if not. <laughs> but do you know where your nearest post box is for posting a letter? Um, myself, it would be the UBS building. Um, near campus um on great king street that's great yeah so we've got a postal ballot but you know uh, voting papers are about to be delivered in mailboxes all over the country they started i think arriving on friday mm -hmm. and a lot of our young people are going to be receiving these papers and they're going to fill it out and then they're going to go oh, what am i going to do with it now yeah 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 so How... we were oh sorry no no you go Oh, yeah, we, and, and yeah. Um, I guess going back to the the issue of how we get young people to vote more and um, stuff that that is 
one of the key barriers as well. Um, we're still doing uh, postal voting and, and people, there's still a lot of confusion about how the voting is actually done because um, it's obviously not as accessible as national elections. Um, but luckily the uh, DCC is running the elections in Dunedin, including the Otago Regional Council elections, and they've got some physical boxes um, that are going to be in the link on campus um, for three different days over the next um, two weeks. Right. So those will be there from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on those days. Um, I can't remember the days off my top, top of my head, but um, that's, you know, uh, available online. And then also the the Civic Centre in the Octagon, um, you can just rock up and, and put your vote in any time of the day. Um, so you don't actually have to put it in an envelope and, and, and send it off. You can go to a physical ballot box. And I think that that's... I think it's funner to go to a physical ballot box and put it in. Um, feels a lot more uh, uh, special, like you're, you're physically doing something. And I think that for students, it might actually be a lot easier. Um, and I think that the key now that those processes are set up is is getting the word out to students that those things are there and they're available in the link on those specific days. To, so to go and, and have their uh, papers ready on those specific days. Yeah. We have um, got a problem in some of our outlying towns here in the Eastern Bay of Plenty where there is no post box um, because of vandalism. They just got taken away. And, you know, these are towns with significant populations. And uh, I just think it's amazing that um, a lot of uh, tribal entities have kind of come up, you know, they've negotiated uh, with elections and um, and they will be driving the ballot boxes all over those communities and picking up papers do you think that if we did have digital voting that it would make a big difference to the student population? Absolutely, yeah. I think that um, students would easily fill out a thing. I don't know all the logistics of, of digital voting and, and all the, um, the, the negatives that, that, that might exist there, um, but I think that if it did exist, yeah, absolutely, students would... Um, vote in in higher numbers um but it's also part of that um students change addresses yearly on average um so they've got to update their details and they'll they'll tend to make sure they do it for the national ones but the local ones are a bit more um in the back of people's minds so there was a big push to get people to update it by the deadline which was all the way back in august 12th um but anyone who, I, I think the key is that if anyone who hasn't updated it still can vote quite easily, um, but a lot of them think that now that deadline's passed, um, oh, there's no point even trying to vote, um, and you can special vote. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mahi aroha nui, kia koutou, ko I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique 
and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for us all, the last more than two and a half years have been very tough and I know that particularly now as we re-emerge back into a semblance of the consensus reality that we knew and loved for so long, for many of us this is an even more difficult time and the importance of wearing masks and solidarity for those who are immunocompromised or choosing not to wear masks. All of these things are of course quite confronting and um, challenging us each day to really reassess and reaffirm our understandings of what is best. I know for myself I'm so overjoyed to be able to return to working with groups at Orokunui Eco Sanctuary, my heart's home. We've had some lovely groups this week, geology and geography students from the University of Otago and I'll be heading out there later today to wander around the tracks and make some new resources based on what's growing and fruiting and flowering at the moment which will be very exciting. So there's so much to look forward to at all times and if we can break down these large tasks into smaller little treats for ourselves often this is very helpful and if we can do as much as we can to really enjoy that sense of accomplishment and achievement when we tick off these little treats and we complete these little treats that is a wonderful wonderful feeling and it's just as well that as a species we are very keyed into reward systems and we can design reward systems for ourselves of course as a species we're innately creative and so in this new time it may be necessary to reevaluate your current reward systems and build in new ones is what I'm in the process of doing so of course when we are thinking about the rewards that we feel how can we do everything that we can to share this the sense of appreciation and accomplishment with those around us, those that we care for. And of course, one of the ways that we can do this is by really taking the time and the energy to notice what others are working on, what others are doing, what others are working through, to have compassion and, and empathy for the journey that they're on, and really congratulating and applauding them, praising them, encouraging them, uplifting them when they do make the changes and when they do accomplish their goals. And on the other side of that, when things are harder, when it's taking longer, when things don't go according to plan, when exhaustion strikes or long COVID strikes or simply what was once thought to be the pinnacle of achievement has now shifted and changed amongst other things. It's so important to be there too and to offer a sense of support and ongoing, long-term accomplishment and success. We are, of course, part of a very long-term project called Humanity. And for all of us, this is a constant process of learning and growing and moving in different directions, trial and error often, testing out what's going to work best for us and growing a deeper understanding of ourselves and one another. So I know that for those around us and for myself, when we are having to shift and change what we had once envisioned, it's so important to feel that support and that love and compassion's there. 
So, of course, I'm so grateful to be part of the show. A huge thank you to Sam and the whole Blown Bubbles team for having me. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Elliot Weir. Elliot, before the break, you were talking about engaging young people in voting. And what got you into this was writing an article about the Regional Council for for Critic. Why should young people care about the Regional Council in particular? Um, so the main direct thing, um, so it, it's hard for students to get um, really excited and, and care about local uh, elections, specifically the regional ones, because, yeah, it does feel quite... Um, far away in terms of, of the actual issues that, that directly affect them. Um, I think the most direct thing is is all the students that don't have uh, cars, which is a good amount, um, that uh, probably walk around North Dunedin to get to, to campus and friends' places and whatnot. But when they want to go anywhere else, they're going to need to take the bus. Um, and the bus network is run by the ORC. Um, and currently, there's a lot of issues with it. Um, there are a lot of efforts to get it better. Um, but I think that the way that the vote goes in this election will really make a big difference in um, how the bus network shapes up over the next um, few years. And there's some more specific things that I think students could really get on board with, um, like a bus route to the airport. Um, but overall, just, just the reliability and the frequency and, and all that of our bus networks, um, students do care about, or a good chunk of students do care about. Um, but I also think that students care about um, and are uh, anxious about um, climate change and the future of, of our planet. And the Otago Regional Council, regardless of who gets in, is not going to solve climate change. Um, but it's neither is neither is any one entity organisation in the world. Um, it's going to require every single organisation, every single level of government to do um, the right thing. And, and, and all any steps that we take are going to... Um, we're already going to, and we already are suffering the consequences of climate change, but every step that we do make is going to help. Um, and there are a lot of steps that the Otago Regional Council can make. Um, yeah. You talked before about at candidate meetings, uh, people using the device of having to say yes or no to some hot button questions. As a systems ecologist, did you find yourself wanting to say it's more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do understand that it is kind of nice to have um, a yes or no because otherwise, candidates probably will just just waffle a bit and 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 say something. Um, but there are some things where yeah, it it is just a bit more complicated than that, or it depends. Um, one of the ones. One of the big ones for me is um, there's a lot of people suggesting that we should move the um, the bus network from the OIC to the DCC. 
Um, and I don't necessarily think that is a bad idea or a good idea. I think it's just going to depend on what the ORC is willing to do with the bus network after this election. Because um, I have big plans for it. <laughs> um, and um, if there's if there's a real effort, if the ORC can can step up and, and, and make it better, whoever's elected, um, then I think it, it, there's no need. There is absolutely a need for, for more cooperation with the GCC, but there's not necessarily a need to um, move it over. But if that's not the case, then, then yeah, um, give it to the GCC to run. But personally, I don't, I don't really care who's in charge of it. I just want it to be a lot better. Um, so when there's a decision like that, it's sort of, it's very much, it depends. Yeah. It's a difficult thing. The regional council is set up by design with the, the wards that essentially the rural wards and the city wards, that the balance is always going to be in the favor of that more conservative vote. Yeah. How can we, I suppose, how can we change that? But how can we actually make it make change within that structure? Yeah, well, I think one of the key changes is going to be moving to single transferable vote because currently the regional council is first past the post. Um, and that means that if someone really wants to, and this isn't me saying to, <laughs> to or anything, but if someone theoretically um, really wanted to vote for, for me and see me elected, um, the best thing they could do for me is just put one tick by my name. But you can actually tick up to six names and they'd be wasting five of their votes. Um, so even though that's the thing that would be most likely to get me elected, it would be um, it would mean that they couldn't they wouldn't be ticking some other um names that that because i'm running alongside some other really good people um who, who who would put in some more um some 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 real positive change um and people shouldn't have to decide whether or not they want to try and try and split those um votes um or, or or focus on one one candidate um so i think that single transferable vote will be a key part of that but then also i mean there's there's discussions to be had about wider reforms about the constituencies and whatnot but even within those more rural um constituencies there's some there's some good candidates that i think this election have a decent chance um so i think getting more attention on on those those candidates in those elections where in those constituencies where there isn't there's even less attention than the dunedin one um is also a key part of that when I was studying botany, we had the privilege of one of our lecturers being the now emeritus professor, Sir Alan Mark, who's been in the paper recently about Manipuri and, and the challenges around Manipuri, and the, the, which is outside the Otago Regional Council. But it still shows that that, that tension between that development and the, the – in, in his case, conservation, but in a more sustainable um, perspective, those tensions are still there. Yeah, yeah, and those tensions, I mean, 
best um, exemplified by the 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 big Manuhedekia River um, drama, where you've got um, what is framed at least as a fight between um, you know farmers' livelihoods and the health of the river. But I think that in all of these cases where it's um, yeah d- development and, and economic growth versus the conservation of, of natural resources um, and, and and natural ecosystems, I think what's what's really missing um, is the fact that that economic growth is reliant on those those ecosystems and on those natural resources and they actually need to be protected um, because we're going to have a lot more um, economic problems in the long term um, if if we do run out of those resources um, so they need to be it's 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 not really economy versus ecology it's it's economy and ecology versus very short-term profit that's a good line you should remember that one or use that one <laughs> let's take the the second of your music choices let's have silk chiffon by muna why this one um, this one's just a really fun um, song. Always puts me in a good mood. Uh, it's just a nice, nice chorus, um, and just, just really, really nice in years. Sundown and I'm feeling lifted. Downtown cherry lipstick. Watch your silk dress dancing in the wind. Watch it brush against your skin. Makes me wanna try your arm. Like life's so fun, life's so fun. Got my mini skirt and my rollerblades on. Bag on my side, cause I'm up till dawn. Keeping it light like silk chiffon. Life's so fun, life's so fun. Don't need to worry about no one. She said I got her if I want. She's so soft like silk chiffon.
Elliot, we've been through a couple of years of dramatic change and uncertainty. And I know that you're aware of that we are living in this more uncertain world. Some people, we, we've talked to somebody who gave us the, the VUCA word, the, the volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous. And, and we, have to, we have to put up with, you know, this, this is our new life. But we still have this almost grieving for for more certainty that of this is when this is going to happen or whatever it might be. How do you think we can include that uncertainty in decision making on the the scale of decisions that the regional council is making? Um, yeah, I think that uncertainty is. I mean. As a um, as a scientist, uncertainty is present in, in in every single thing that you you do do, and it's just something that you have to um, you can estimate how much uncertainty there is in every decision. But even that estimation is going to have a level of uncertainty within it. So then you've got um, <laughs> uncertainty all the way down. But um, I think that we just have to have to accept that we're not going to know exactly um, what the outcome of a decision is, even if we are able, but that, 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 that doesn't mean that we're not able to say that that's the right decision. Um, because I think there are a lot of decisions where we won't be able to know how much impact it's going to have, um, but we will know that this is going to mean um we're moving in a positive direction. So I think that the key thing is is, is the direction we're moving in um, and we just go as hard and as fast in that direction as we can and kind of just hope for the best. In ways that we can undo those decisions if we have to. Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, there's, I mean, yeah, of course, the we might sometimes get it wrong with the, the direction that we think we're going in and it turns out we're actually um, headed in another one. Um, so there obviously needs to be accountability and, um, and, and checks in that and, and that always needs to be on ongoing. Um, and that's going to mean we're going to need to be willing to, you know, accept mistakes and um, to, whatever the evidence suggests is the right thing, um, even if it isn't the thing that we've uh, advocated for in the past or it isn't um, the thing that's aligned with what we thought our beliefs were. Um, yeah. So how do you think you get along with people who you fundamentally disagree with on those those sorts of questions? Um. I think it's I think I've been really good in the past at even when I do fundamentally disagree with someone and I mean I've I was undercover in a neo-nazi group for 6 months so there is I've definitely interacted with people that um I fundamentally disagree with um, and that was, you know, with my, my work for Critic and stuff. But I think that even in those cases, I've been able to 
understand how they came to that decision or how they came to that viewpoint, even if I am also able to understand that's wrong, (laughs) that's um, not the right viewpoint. Um, And that doesn't mean that my point, my viewpoint is, you know, the 100% right viewpoint. Um, But even if uh, I believe that, that, the evidence and my morals are, are um, the opposite of whatever someone's saying. I think it's. Um, I think that it's not actually that hard to understand how their brain at least got to that point, and from there you can work with them. Um, you can establish things that you do agree on. There's always things that you you will agree on. Um, Sometimes it's not the things you would expect um, and then build from there. Um, so once you've estab- established common ground, you can establish respect um, and you can, um, in some case, cases, you're going to have to grit your teeth even if you don't deep down um, uh, agree with them or think they're a good person. You can still um, work with respect with them Um and understand which specific things that that you know if if we're making a decision on on council and there's it's a broad thing that they disagree with which specific things they disagree with and why um, and and how we can um, if there's a way to change them that will lead to the same positive outcome but won't um, but will mean that they are more on board with it um, but ultimately there will be times where where you can't come to that consensus and and you're going to be voting against other people um and that's that's always going to be the case but that's that doesn't mean it needs to be needs to be personal it doesn't mean it needs to you know um uh come down to bickering and and um get down i think you can still have a level of respect and work with them after a decision that you you fundamentally disagree with and have voted against them on or something We've seen internationally and nationally a torrent of disinformation and misinformation over the last few years. Are you seeing that on the campaign trail for the regional council? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not necessarily active disinformation, just more that um, hiding of, of links to various misinformation groups Um We've had quite a few candidates, um, or particularly in the city council election, but a couple in the um, regional council one as well. And um, it's it's concerning because, for example, some of them are um, part of anti-vax groups um, that... Your Tiger Regional Council doesn't have any jurisdiction on on vaccination mandates or anything, um, so it's interesting to think about why why they're running um, and if it is for the the positive reasons that they're 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 saying and the positive changes that they're they're claiming to to run on, or if it's something perhaps a little more insidious. I have some questions to end the show with, and we're going to have to wriggle. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Um, I was 
awarded the best news article at the Aotearoa Student Press Association. Yeah, I'd say that. That's pretty cool. What was it for? Uh, the, the Nazi piece I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. We shall have to get you back just to talk about that. We are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? What's my superpower? Um, flight, absolutely. I I don't want any uh, special powers that might, um, but I'd love to just fly just for fun. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yeah, I think so. That seemed a bit hesitant on that one. I know. I I, I mean, that's, I guess, a little bit philosophical. Um, but, yeah, in all senses of the word I can think of, yeah, yeah. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um... Oh, I think those are two different questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, what gets me out of the bed in the morning is is um, is whatever I'm I'm eating next, probably. But um, what motivates me in my everyday life and and in my life is I I don't know. I want to I want to see and do positive things and and um, make. I mean, it sounds it sounds pretty sounds pretty cheesy to say make the world a, bit, a better place, but um, at least make my community and the world I see around me a better place. And what challenge or opportunity are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Um, I'm looking forward to getting. Elected for the Otago <laughs> Regional Council. Um, yeah, that and and my master's thesis. Both of those would be good things. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Um, I think act in good faith until you've been given enough evidence to assume otherwise. Sounds good to me. Mawira. Elliot, um, I think that uh, Dunedin would be lucky to have you. Uh, you have got a really lovely outlook and I like what you're motivated by and your insight into your peers, I suppose, and you know where they're at and why they're there. Um, it takes a lot of courage to infiltrate uh, an organisation that challenges your own values and it sounds like that one did, which I'm really glad about. And it challenged <laughs> your values. <laughs> so I really, um, you know, it uh, it really does take courage to do things like that. And so I have so much admiration for you. And it just shows the, the character of who you are as a human. So all the best for the journey ahead. And if it doesn't all come together this time, a lot more people know your name now and what you're about. So setting yourself up for next time, don't be disheartened. Um, sometimes it takes more than one go to, to get there. Uh, and all the best for the journey. Well done. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you for joining us.
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic, which is brought to you by Tupukanga. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. And this is The Creatures Gecko. I'm Samuel Manansoy's Bay in Eden with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. And in Dunedin, we've been joined by Elliot Weir. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Marty Wild. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.